You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 32, Cubs Meltdown in Miami. Unfortunately, guys, the Cubs have been swept, and they are now moving on to the Nationals. They're on a plane. Maybe they've already touched down in our nation's capital. And in this segment, Crowley continues our Down on the Farm segment as he interviews the play-by-play voice of the Iowa Cubs, Alex Cohen, where there's a lot going on in Des Moines. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, we have Alex Cohen, voice of the Iowa Cubs. Alex, they say in Des Moines, the S's are silent, but the city is buzzing. But what isn't silent are those I-Cub bats. What the heck is going on with the hitters on this team? I I don't know. Must be something in the water. Um, Yeah, you, you look at this offensive team. They're averaging over eight runs per game for the entire season. Not just a week, not just a 10-game stretch for the entire season at this point. Uh, they're leading all of minor league baseball in runs, runs per game, OPS. Uh, and then you look at this team from top to bottom. They, they don't have a weakness in their lineup. They won an 18-16 to game on Thursday. Uh, then they lost 7-1 on Friday, came back and won 18-2 on Saturday. So this is an offense that, that can't stay silent for long, and you know they really haven't. They've scored double-digit runs, 10-plus games this season. Um, it's the best AAA offense I've ever seen. Now, you know, a good friend of ours, John Maley, is the hitting coach this year in Iowa. He brings the hard hat. And what have you seen with John Maley? I mean, I've gotten a chance to talk hitting with John Maley, and it's it's literally just blows your mind. That guy's on a different plane. What yes. effect do you think he's having on these young I-Cubs? Yeah, I think he knows more in like one finger in his left hand than he does than I do in my entire brain when it comes to hitting and stuff situationally. But um, I I think he just provides a completely different perspective because not only was he up in the big leagues, he was with the Cubs when they won the World Series in 2016. So he can basically say, hey, you, you guys want to be world champions? Do this. Uh, he doesn't do that. I mean, he's the first person in the locker room. He's the last person to leave. He's tireless. He tries to build personal relationships with every single player, and they're all different. I mean, he has a different relationship with Brendan Davis than he does with Matt Mervis, than he does with Sergio Alcantara, than he does with Jonathan Perlaz. And I think being a really good hitting coach is one, being able to manage hitters, but also being able to manage different personalities. Um, and he does that better than really anybody I've seen you know, as a at, at the AAA level or really in minor league baseball in my 12 years there so you could tell why he uh he won a world series ring with the chicago cubs and why he was in a position of that magnitude because he he just gets so much respect from the players um and he has a different relationship with all of them now i already have fans that are going to be mad that it's taken me this long to ask you this but the two guys that cub fans and cub social media have been clamoring clamoring about i've I've seen it i've I've seen a lot of it (laughs) Chris Morrell and Matt Mervis. Now, hey, last time you and I talked is about a month ago. And, you know, we said, you know, you were talking to Chris and saying, hey, you know, it's OK. Just, you know, do what they ask you to do and you'll be up in no time. Yeah. Well, Morrell is forcing this hand here. He's got a 363 average, 463 on base, 835 slugging. It's He's insane. got 28 home runs. or I'm, I'm sorry, 11 home runs, 28 RBIs, eight doubles. I believe I saw him hit one over like a scoreboard the other day. Yeah. What are you seeing in Morrell and has that strikeout rate gone down a little bit from what you can tell? Yeah, it has. I mean, I think his big league strikeout rate was around 32%. Now it's 25%. Um, And I was looking at it last night. I mean, you look at some of the best players in baseball. Guess what? They strike out. You know, Mike Trout's strikeout rate is MVP year, 26%. Aaron Judge's strikeout rate is MVP year, 
25%. Christopher Morrell's strikeout rate right now, 26%. So I'm not saying that he's going to be an MVP, but I'm saying you know a strikeout rate isn't necessarily indicative of failure or success. Uh, it, it really matters for Morrell. Hitting at the top of the order, he strikes out 26% of the time. What's he doing the other 74% of the at-bats? And the answer is his walk rate has skyrocketed exponentially. He's hitting everything hard. He's taking advantage of fastballs. He's taking advantage of you know, elevated breaking balls up in the zone. He's working a lot of pitches. So even when he is striking out, you know, it's not the one strike, two strike, three strike, there's the K. It's a six-pitch, seven-pitch at-bat. And at the leadoff spot, that's a little bit more productive than a one-pitch pop-out. So – I think he's just doing a tremendous job. Uh, people have talked about the change in the stance, dropping the hands, and you definitely do see that. But I also see a different two-strike approach. I see him widening up the stance. I see him choking up on the bat. And even if he does strike out, he's definitely wasting a lot more pitches and seeing what the pitcher's arsenal has. So the second trip around the order, third trip around the order, sitting 410-foot bombs to dead center field. He's hitting everything hard. You know, Everything that comes off his bat, you think that ball's going to get out or that ball's going to get to the gap. Um, he had seven runs batted in yesterday. He went three for four, hit by a pitch, triple away from the cycle, and he was actually thrown out trying to extend a double into a triple. So um, he's so exciting. And I think it's actually finally starting to click. And, you know, there's things for him to improve on, too. And I think last year you saw um, there was a little bit holish in his swing, and he's definitely improved on that. And, you know, just remember, he's 23 years old. He's the second youngest player on this Iowa Cubs team, and he's taking AAA by storm right now. It's so much fun to watch. Right. It's hard to preach patience when that guy's doing everything. But I, 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 I sort of got I, I think this was the best for his development. I'm so glad he's with Maley and getting to kind of just work on things at this level than having to face Corbin Burns or <laughs> yeah. some other pitchers and trying to figure this out. I think it's good for his development. Now, the other guy that I mentioned, Matt Mervis. Uh, 274, 388, 548. He's got six home runs with 24 RBIs. Now, with Eric Hosmer not really doing much, I mean, to me, that's the guy right now that if you brought him up to Chicago, he would not be missing out. He wouldn't be losing at bats. He wouldn't have to be on the bench. He wouldn't have to do a lot of juggling. You know what I mean? I do. I mean, I think it's a little bit more complicated than just, you know, Hosmer's not doing well, send him down because you can't, you, you can't option him. He doesn't have any options left. He's been in the big leagues for 11 years. I mean, he's made all-star teams. He's won World Series. So if you make that decision, it, it comes with certain repercussions. He's not going to AAA Iowa. He's going to another big league team and you're missing on that clubhouse presence. I mean, there's some other roster flexibility stuff that they can do. They just got a 40-match spot open because Luis Terenz was designated for assignment. So I think the Cubs can be a little bit of creative if they want to bring Matt Mervis up. But again, you know, Hosmer had a home run two days ago. He had an RBI single yesterday. You have Trey Mancini starting to heat up a little bit. And, you know, this is a clubhouse that right now is above 500. They're playing pretty good baseball. And um, you, you don't want to mess with that continuity and that juju and, and bringing a guy like Matt Mervis up. And Mervis is a great kid, uh, has a lot of good relationships with the players, works hard. I mean, he's everything that you would want as a baseball player. But bringing him up with all the hype, like it will do something to the clubhouse. May it spur them? Great. May it hurt things? It might. Uh, will it you know, cause a, a sense of urgency and the guys play better? It definitely could. So there's a variety of different outcomes that will happen when you bring Matt Mervis up to the roster because it's so anticipated. But does he deserve to be a big leaguer right now? Certainly does. I mean, the OPS has been around 900 to 1,000 all season long. He's drawing as many walks as he has strikeouts, hitting everything hard, hit a home run earlier this series, had an RBI double yesterday. And it's just a continuation from 2022, which is what the Cubs wanted. They wanted to make sure that 2022 was not a fluke or an outlier. And I think Matt Mervis is proving that it's not. 
Yeah, I mean, and the good thing, like I said, is that whether you have the Bally Sports app or whether you're watching on MLB's app or whether you guys are on Marquee, we get to see these guys. And when you get to see how they're looking, it's just so hard for Cub fans to kind of just be patient because it's like, oh, my God, look at these guys. Look what yeah, they're doing. Yeah. Good things come for those who wait. And I, I know that you want to see Christopher Morell and you want to see Matt Mervis up. But remember, it's April. It's April and this Cubs team is over 500 and they have a top five offense in all of baseball. And, you know, they have possibly four all-stars as position players. Like, let's just, I know it's easy for me to say, like, let's just slow the roll a little bit, uh, but slow down a roll for like a day. Um, And every time the Cubs lose a game, it's not like they're going to be, you know, zero and 162. And if they win a game, it's not like they're winning the world series. I mean, you, if you're a playoff team, you lose, you know, 80, 81 times per year. I mean, that's expected. So. Um, I think this is a Cubs team that has surpassed expectations. They played really good baseball, but is there room for them to improve, of course? Now, the Iowa Cubs are 15-8 and eight in the International League West, trailing only the Memphis Redbirds. God, do I hate any birds that are red. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but I, you know, when we talk about how great the hitting has been, it seems like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, maybe some struggles with the pitching staff right yep. now. Now, I know Caleb Killian was on, you know, with you guys, uh, all month, and then he just made his major league debut yesterday. Didn't go great. Three point one innings, ten hits, seven runs, two walks, and four Ks. I know you you're so busy doing your own calling, your own games. But were, were you surprised at that, or was it something that you kind of felt like a little bit nervous as he kind of was making that start? I was a little bit surprised. I saw from his last start, he really attacked the zone. Uh, he threw 66% strikes, 66% first pitch strikes. He didn't walk anybody. So um, I think it's kind of been a start-by-start start thing with Caleb and was trending upward. Um, I, I think that he was out of his routine a little bit. Remember, he didn't start for for 10 days. So you know, basically throwing live bullpens and extended bullpens and then going down to Florida and pitching for, you know, a Cubs team against a Marlins team, first competitive game in almost two weeks. You know, it's a it's a tough task. Um, and I think Caleb actually weathered the storm pretty well after the first inning. You know, you don't obviously say it's a quality outing when somebody gives you three and a third. But after a first inning, when you throw almost 40 pitches to get three and a third from them, kind of a blessing. It kind of saves the bullpen a little bit. So I think Caleb has great stuff. Um, he's definitely trying to figure out some things mechanically. And you know, he even said it during the, the post-game press conference. He There's a lot of things running through his head. So just you know simplify things and, and get on the mound and have that tunnel where you're blocking out everything and just throwing. And remember, he's still a young pitcher. He's 25 years old. And there are so many big league pitchers who on the first four, 10 starts in the big leagues, struggled you know got sent down got option I mean Noah Syndergaard had happened to Jack Flaherty had happened to so it happens you know the big leagues are a completely different animal but are there things for him to work on I I think so and I think from a mechanical standpoint and just being able to settle down mentally those are things that you know if he stays up in the big leagues he'll have to work on if he comes back down here he'll certainly work on now some exciting news yesterday A, a a young man that's been on this podcast someone we've been watching ever since that david robertson trade ben brown promoted to triple a so that's got to be exciting for you to watch that young man pitch but um who else would would you say has been doing pretty well as far as starters are concerned uh who could possibly then be the next guy up because with uh, tyone out and we don't know how long you know i'm, I'm sure they're going to be dipping down into triple a a little bit more 
Yeah, I, I, one guy that, that definitely sticks out to me is a, is a top 30 prospect, Riley Thompson, who was really highly touted coming out of Louisville uh, 2018. Didn't pitch in 2020, didn't pitch in 2021 due to a shoulder injury. Was limited to innings um, in his in last year when he was with the Tennessee Smokies. But but this year with the I-Cubs, man, he just throws four pitches, five pitches for strikes. He is a bulldog. I mean, he is a guy on the mound. He looks at the hitter and says, you know what? I'm going to throw you this pitch. You hit it, you can rename it. It's like the Rick Wild thing. Vaughn mentality for major league. I mean, he is a bulldog and the stuff's good. I mean, topped out at 97 in this last outing, his last star, five scoreless hitless innings against Buffalo. Then he came in in the game that Kyle Hendricks rehab for us and he threw two scoreless innings. So he's like 11 strikeouts in his last seven innings and he hasn't given up a hit and a run. Um, he's a guy that if he is healthy and if the shoulder is good, he is a big leaguer. He's really good. So um, just hoping that Riley Thompson stays healthy, but he's the guy that sticks out to me that, you know, that guy's a big leaguer. He's going to help the big league club this year. Well, you you mentioned Kyle Hendricks. And, you know, th- one thing I talk to people is this, this is going to be a process. Uh, this is what you put, you know, final line for Kyle Hendricks, 1.2, six hits, five earned runs, three Ks, one walk. Good news. Fastball pe- tapped out to 89.3. He looks healthy. And that's what you said. You know, first, first outing in 10 months, going to be a process. What's it like having a guy like Kyle Hendricks in Iowa? And what effect do you think that has on the rest of the starters to be able maybe kind of to talk to him and have him around? He's the best. He's the best. He is so personable. Um, He is so energetic. He is so positive. And he just provides the veteran presence. I mean, even after his start, he was like, man, I was just so excited to get out there on the mound. Remember, it was a pretty serious shoulder injury. I mean, this is something that you're your mid-30s. It's there's a calculated risk if you're going to recover from that. And not only did he recover from that, but he's gotten a little bit stronger. The fastball velocity was about a mile and a half faster than it was all of last year in his first competitive outing in 10 months. So I think that's only going to get better. Uh, just seeing him out there on the mound, throwing the change up, striking out three hitters, getting out of it healthy and feeling better. Uh, I did not care about the results. I cared about the stuff and he looked better than his stuff indicated. And um, I think you'll see in the next couple of rehab outings that the, the stats will get better. Um, his control will get better. And, and just being able to rear back and hit 90 to 91 and get the feel of that, ch- that patented changeup. He is um, he's a welcome presence in the locker room. His energy is welcome. His experience is welcome. Anytime that you have a World Series champion in your in your starting rotation and here with the I-Cubs and you're on the cusp of reaching the big leagues, you're definitely going to pick the brain of somebody like that. And he's been more than welcome to anybody who will talk to him, media, broadcasters like myself, uh, pitchers, coaches. He's a tremendous presence. Now, I am sure there's going to be some move today with all the arms used yesterday. Um who do you, is there anyone that you see in the bullpen that could be of use? I mean, it looks right now, and this is, you know, obviously, you know, again, April, but, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to take a look at what is probably the biggest weakness on the current big league roster, it, it doesn't feel like the bullpen's really settled in and we really use someone with some swing and miss stuff. Who is there anyone in the bullpen right now? I know Bailey Horn just got promoted up along yeah. with. He's uh, great. Ben Brown, but but is there anyone that you could see in the near term future potentially getting a look from the Cubs? Yeah, I, I mean, I have two guys that really stick out to me. Um, obviously, with Brandon Hughes on the injured list, they don't have a lefty in the bullpen right now. And the best lefty for the Icubs in the bullpen is Anthony Kay, you know, former first round draft pick. He's a guy who's had big league experience as a starter, as an re- and a, and a reliever, wipeout slider against lefties. It is disgusting. And he's a guy who throws 95 to 96. He can throw multiple innings. He's a bulldog on the mound. 
And again, I mean, situationally against lefties, he's pretty good. So he, he was the guy who sticks out to me in terms of a lefty to replace Brandon Hughes. Um, and then Nick Birdie, you know, somebody who hadn't thrown a competitive pitch in three years before coming into this season with some injuries. His first pitch of the season, 99.3 miles per hour. His last outing, he topped that at 101. So he's just getting stronger and stronger. And you know, he's a fastball slider pitcher, so just getting the feel of the slider you know, for the first time pitching in three years. But in terms of pure stuff, back end of the bullpen stuff, he's the guy that sticks out to me. So it's so it's Nick Birdie and, and Anthony Kerr, the two guys that I think could help the big league team right now in their bullpen. That's like I said, that, that sounds like some good news to me. Is there anybody else that, you know, if you're just looking at a stat sheet that like, okay, well, you know, slow start, but now they're starting to pick it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Brennan Davis was the guy who stuck out to me. I mean, he's a guy who's hitting 300 over his last 11 games. The strikeout rate is plummeting. I mean, he's striking out, I think, 10% of his at-bats over the last 15 games. So he's making hard contact. He had a huge series in Buffalo. Uh, he had an 0 for 3 game yesterday, but he also walked, hit by a pitch, stole a base, scored a run, had a couple nice catches in right field. Uh, two nights ago at an RBI single through the right side. And I think it's just getting his timing and he's making contact. He lined out the shortstop yesterday. I think he hit it like 106 miles per hour. So the Babbitt gods haven't been overly kind to Brennan. And I think that they will even out. And um, he's hitting right now like a 270, 280 hitter over the course of the season. I've been pretty impressed with what I've seen really for the last two weeks. And, and again, the strikeout rate is plummeting. So he's making contact. He's making hard contact. And, you know, hopefully the balls will, will fall a little bit more soon. But he's the one that if you look at the stat sheet, you see him hitting, you know, 220, 215. You're like, oh, well, he's our number three prospect. He must be struggling. The numbers are misleading. Yeah, that, that uh, like I said, I just kind of was. I always, you know, love looking at your Twitter. And just so everybody knows, you got a new Twitter handle, Alex. Let everybody too. Voice of Cohen too. Voice of Cohen has been hacked. Um, tried to get it back. Elon Musk, uh, yeah, told me personally. Obviously, can't let that happen now. Uh, uh, but yeah, Voice of Cohen too. I didn't want to get too far in the in the fray of different names. But yeah, follow for Iowa Cubs action. There has been a lot to talk about, and you know, this is the best offense in minor league baseball right now. You know, for an entire month, as I said, averaging eight runs per game. You don't know what you're going to see when you come to the ballpark with them, and that that's what makes it so much fun. Well, today is going to be fun because it, you guys are going to be wearing your Copa Demonios jerseys, which right. I love. Yeah. They look they look sharp, and I think that that's going to be a lot of fun. And every Sunday, kids run the bases, which is awesome. Yep. You know, you have your Tuesday dollar dogs that are coming down there. You you have your uh, on Wednesday your Windy City bundle with uh, Jethro Wings Wednesdays. That's right. And, and then you got uh, a fun event coming up on May thirteenth, Saturday, May thirteenth. Marvel Superhero Night, uh, which the kids always love. You got Black Panther and Captain Marvel going to be here. So if anyone is listening and they want to have a fun time at the ballpark and take the kids to see their favorite Marvel superheroes, that's Saturday, May 13th against the Toledo Mud Hens. So that ought to be exciting as well. Yeah, no, Crawley, you, you've been to, to Principal Park more recently than most fans, and it seemed like you had a nice time. And uh, the weather's only getting warmer, so it's going to be a, a great atmosphere at the ballpark. And we got some great promotions coming up in May. You know, in June, we have uh, college basketball player of the year, Caitlin Clark, you know, coming down to Principal Park, a Hawkeye. So a lot of people are really excited about that. We have uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas, Henry Rowan Gardner coming late June uh, to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Rookie of the Year. So not only do we have the promotions, we have the team to come down and watch. And anytime that you can get to the ballpark and see Chris Varell, Matt Mervis, I mean, there's a sense of urgency because, as you said, you don't know how long they're going to be there. 
And I will tell you again, like I said before, you can watch on the Bally's app. You can watch on the MLB app. And of course, when you guys do make it, when's your next marquee uh, game? Do you know? Yeah, it's going to be that series in May. I, think, I believe it's May 12th and May 13th. We have back-to-back day games. And my favorite is the first inning. How is Alex going to get the Salsa King ad read in? That is one of my favorite things to do. It's my favorite. Uh, you know, just Elise Meneker, Lance Brozdowski. Yes, like, uh, my favorite, man. So, Well, you know what? There's a, there's a collection of answers. They could be like, no. I'm like, well, if you don't like salsa, I would urge you to uh, retry this and give it one last chance with the Salsa King of Chicago. And, uh, you know, it's it's a really good salsa. I mean, just based out of you guys, I mean, you obviously have a personal relationship to it, but uh, no joke. I mean, it's, it's really good. And I think it's a, it's a really nice link from Chicago to Iowa, Iowa Cubs, Chicago Cubs. And we have a lot of fun with it. Alex, I appreciate you spending some time with us today and, and continue enjoying this fun season of Iowa Cubs baseball. And I look forward to talking to you in the future, my friend. I appreciate it, Crawley. Thanks for having me on.